Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're discussing 10 traits of impactful Christian teachers, characteristics we need to focus on if we want to go beyond just teaching academics and have a real and significant impact in our students' lives. We're discussing each trait one by one to see what the Bible has to say about it and what it looks like day to day in the classroom. Last week, we talked about loving our students. This week, we're turning our minds to teaching for the heart. It's more than just the name of this blog and podcast. It's an important thing that we need to do. We really need to teach for the heart, not just focus on outward behavior. We've talked a lot about classroom management and order, and that's because we need order in our classroom in order for things to run smoothly. I mean, if your classroom is chaos, how can you teach anything, much less reach students' hearts? But aside from simply keeping order, which is certainly necessary, we've talked about that a lot, there's an important question that we need to ask ourselves, and and I'll ask it to you, this is the question you need to ask yourself right now, and that is this. Am I more concerned with what's in a student's heart or am I just concerned about their outward behavior? Because here's the thing. Believe it or not, it's actually relatively easy to force a certain outward behavior in our students. We can force our students to sit there and be quiet on pain of all kinds of punishments. Uh, We can force our students to sit and work on something. But... And those students can actually learn to play those parts. But what good will that really do them once they're outside their classroom? It does a little bit of good in keeping order, but it's not really accomplishing what we want. You know, I think of an example. When I did my student teaching internship, I um, did it at a school that in many, in many cases was amazing. I was, I was privileged to do my internship there. But one of the things that really just struck me was that their classroom management was impeccable for the most part. Most of the teachers, I mean, the students basically just did not talk. They were quiet. They were listening. And that was because if you talked at all, automatic detention. So they had these very strict rules. And as a result, the kids were very much just quiet and focused. But I found myself wondering, is this really solving many of the problems. Yes, it makes teaching easy, but are we really getting into the students' hearts? And it it was hard to know. And I'm not faulting them for having that rule, although I certainly wouldn't have that strict of a rule in my own classroom. But my question was simply, is this really doing good in the long run? Are we really reaching these students' hearts? And it's not my place to say whether they were or were not. But my point is that the outside can look really good, but if that's all we're concerned about, We're missing the bigger picture. You know, the only way to have a real lasting impact on a student's heart and life is by changing what's in their heart and what's in their mind, the way they think. And, you know, when I when I think about that back to that example of my student teaching internship, you know, or or any, even in your own classroom, whatever we get them to do in our classroom matters. But once they leave our classroom, that's that. And so that's the only way to really make a big difference. You know, I, I was just thinking about the scripture in Matthew 15. The Pharisees, I'm just going to kind of tell you this little bit of the story here. I'll paraphrase it for you. The, the Pharisees and the scribes come to Jesus and say, why are your disciples, they rejecting our tradition, they eat without washing their hands. 
And Jesus kind of goes back to them and says, well, you transgress the commandments of God. And he gives them some examples. He says, you're hypocrites. And he quotes this prophecy from Isaiah, and it says, These people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. And then, you know, he talked to him about that, and he said, he told, he said, Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man. In other words, if you eat with unwashed hands and you eat something dirty, that's not what defiles you, but what comes out of the mouth. And he says, out of the abundant, he says elsewhere, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, he says, and he says later on in the chapter here, he says, don't you understand that whatever goes into your mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. But what comes out of the mouth comes out of the heart. That's what defiles a man. In other words, it's not about the outward. It's about what the what's inside. Because what's inside will eventually come out. It's easy for students to just paint the outside, make it look good. But what matters truly is what's on the inside. And so we as teachers need to intentionally focus on the inside, not just what's on the outside. So today we're going to talk about um, six specific ways, actually seven specific ways, that we can seek to teach for the heart and not just for the outward behavior. The first one is to simply acknowledge this truth and to choose to care more about the heart than about the outward behavior. You know, it's really easy to just focus on, I want my students focused and listening because if the principal walks in, I want him to think I'm a good teacher. But once again, that shouldn't be our goal. Yes, it might be in the back of our mind. And I, like I said, I had a whole, we did a whole season on classroom management. I believe in classroom management. But my point is, is that all we're concerned about? Is all we're concerned about is looking good and making sure the students are paying attention and quiet? Or are we focusing on their hearts? And that's just a choice to make in our mind. I'm not just going to focus on the outside. I'm also going to focus, and I'm going to focus primarily on the inside. Second thing you can do is to seek first to understand then to be understood. We've talked about this a little bit before. But here's the thing. When it comes down to talk to a student about an issue, let's say, for example, this is that they've been cheating, okay? You've caught them cheating. Do you, what you want to do is you want to, when you have the opportunity, try to understand where they're coming from before you launch into a lecture. Listen, I know we teachers, we have all of our canned lectures primed and ready to go. But sometimes our lectures miss the mark. Maybe when we're talking to them about cheating, we're going on and on and on about how they, you know, you you should have been listening more, blah, blah, blah. You know, you should have studied or whatever the case is. And they're actually just thinking, oh, I was scared. You know, so what the point is, when when you ask, when you try to get out of them first, when you talk, when you listen to what they're saying first and you try to draw that out, you might discover something interesting. You know, if the student cheated because they were scared that if they did poorly, their dad was going to, you know, they were going to get in trouble with their dad. Then when you give them your, quote, lecture, it won't just be a lecture. You can actually talk about those fears. You can talk about, um, you know, whether those fears are, you know, whether those fears are healthy. You can talk about, you know, if you're concerned about your dad, what do you think were the things you should have done last week? You can use their language and talk to them in a way that actually speaks to what they're concerned about and actually has the potential to impact their heart and their way of thinking. And by the way, when I say that, when I say impact their heart, I'm not just talking about feelings. I'm talking about the heart as far as how they think. 
The way people think is who they are. It's what their heart is. It's what's in their heart. And so that's really important. So number one, we need to simply choose to care more about the heart than outward behavior. Number two, we need to seek first to understand the student. Then, once we understand where they're coming from, then we seek to to be understood by them. Number three is to get to the root of the problem. You know, often we try to deal with the surface problem when there's a root underneath that's actually causing with it. And it doesn't matter how many times we deal with the surface problem. If we don't deal with the root, it's just going to spring up. A common, common example of this is often you'll see students that are lashing out, that are getting in trouble with other students. Maybe they're, they're being disrespectful to you, and it's caused by something at home. Maybe their parents are getting divorced. Now you might say, I can't do anything about that. How can I get to the root of that problem? I can't save their parents' marriage. No, but you can help that student realize what's going on. You can talk with them about the fact that I know this is going on at home. This is, depending on their age, but, um, you know, I know this is going on at home. You're allowing it to cause you to act this way. Is this what you really want? You know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole discussion right here, but you get the idea. You can, you can talk to them about the actual problem, not just that outward behavior that's actually a manifestation of what's happening inside. So number one, care more about the heart than the outward behavior. Number two, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Number three, get to the root of the problem. Number four, think win-win. Now, what I mean by that is that often when we talk to students, we're talking about things that we care about, but maybe the student doesn't, or at least they don't realize it. But what we need to do is use common language that helps them understand that we are on the same team, that we want the same things for them, okay? So, for example, most students, depending on their age, this is going to be age appropriate, but especially older students normally realize like, okay, I want to graduate from high school. Um, You know, I do desire to be, you know, be able to get a job or start my own company or whatever goals they have. They, they do realize that. Um, and so you can talk about those common goals. You can also talk, even with young students, about common character traits that they want to develop. You know, going back to we were talking a little bit earlier about cheating, you know, you can talk to them about how, you know, this is easy now, I know, but this isn't going to help you in the long run. You know, do you want to be known as a person who's dishonest, who cheats his way through things? Or would you rather be known as a person of integrity, as a person that, would you rather know internally that you can do whatever you want if you set your mind to it? Or do you want to know, do you want to think that you can only do something by cheating? Um, that's just one example of a conversation. I'm not, that once again, that's not a canned lecture you give to everybody. You talk to the student based on what they're going through, what they're struggling with. But my point is that we're not just throwing out to them things that we care about. We're, and we're not... The real key here is that it's not an us versus them. It's really easy to do that. It's really easy to make it a me versus you. You're going to do what I say. I'm the teacher. But instead, we really need to do what we can to show them that this is about helping them. It's about make helping them grow, which is something they want. They do want to grow and mature and become you know, productive adults that can fulfill their dreams. That's what they want, and it's what we want for them. So whenever we get the opportunity, we need to show them that we're on the same page. We have the same goals, even if we sometimes disagree about how to help them accomplish them. 
Number five, next thing you can do is use scriptural truths. Now, some of you are immediately thinking, I teach in a public school, I can't use scripture. Notice I didn't say use scripture. I said use scriptural truths. Now, if you're in a Christian school, you don't need to be vague about this at all. You use scripture. Scripture is powerful. And if your students are Christians, then hopefully they um, would take it seriously. So absolutely use scripture. But if you're in a public school, you can still use scriptural truths. Here's the thing. The truth of scripture is the truth. I don't care if someone else believes it or not. It's true. And so we can share truth with our students without saying this comes from the Bible. God said this, okay? Uh, Just an example. Um, Talking about if you have a student that's just not really being diligent, something you could say would be, you know, there's a powerful ancient proverb that says, he who is diligent will stand before kings, but the lazy man will be poor just a paraphrase from Proverbs, but the truth is still true, and the power of Scripture is still there to impact lives. In talking with kids, you can talk about, you know, we need to be kind, forgiving one another. These are words from Scripture. The golden rule is a paraphrase from Scripture. So don't feel that you cannot use scriptural truths. You can still share them. They're still universally true. And um, just obviously, um, you're not telling them this comes from scripture and, and you're careful in how you use them, but, but they're simply truths. There's no reason um, why you shouldn't you speak truth just because it happens to come from the Bible. Um, and by the way, that is not legal advice. Absolutely not legal advice. If you're concerned about that, talk with your legal representative. I'm not here to give you legal advice. I'm here to give you scriptural counsel. And that's my scriptural counsel to you. Um, number six. We can talk about attitudes, not just actions. So this kind of goes back, uh, tying into some of the things we've already talked about. But I just wanted to make this point a little bit. I'm going to give you an example of my, we'll we'll go back to the younger age of the spectrum. I'm going to talk about my three-year-old son. Um, My three-year-old son was having horrible temper fits. I mean, these were bad. These are like those ones where you're like, completely embarrassed in the grocery store temper fits, okay? They, they were bad. And we tried many, many things to help him and teach him not to do that, and I won't go into all those. But the one thing that made the biggest difference was that I realized I was dealing with the result. I was dealing with the action, but not the attitude that was causing it. Okay, here's what I mean. I was trying to, I was basically like, when you get angry, you should not scream, pitch a fit, roll around on the floor. Um, When you're angry, you should just, I don't know what I was trying to get him to do, but you know, you should just say, just sit down or whatever. But the problem was he was angry. The problem, I was not, I was dealing with the action and not the attitude. I wasn't dealing with the anger itself. And as soon as I realized this, wait a second, he shouldn't be angry. That's the problem is that he's angry. Then I started talking with him on a very age-appropriate level, three-year-old, about the anger in his heart. And I started talking to him about, you need to get the anger out of his heart. And I mean, he's only three. So I said, I started telling, when he would be angry, I started telling him, you need to say, get out, anger. And he would start saying that, get out, anger. And it was amazing the difference that that made. And um, obviously, we're at our home. And so if you're in a Christian school, I talked to him about praying with it. I would talk about if he was really struggling, i say, do you need to ask Jesus for help getting the anger out of your heart? He said, yes. And we'd pray about it. 
And that, more than anything else that we tried, made the biggest difference. So obviously I used a younger age level example, but just think about that throughout. Are you dealing with just the actions or the attitude beneath them? We need to talk to kids about anger, about jealousy, about fear. These core traits underneath are what are really causing the problem. And so don't be afraid to address those instead of the actions they produce. Because if we take care of those, the actions will fall into place as well. Finally, pray, pray, pray. Pray for wisdom that you will know what to say. God knows exactly what these students need. And so pray that he will guide you. But in addition, pray for God to work in hearts. Pray for him to work in the hearts of your students and in your own heart as well. And I know that when we do that, God will certainly answer that prayer. In conclusion, let's pause right now and do just that. Lord, thank you so much for these teachers. Thank you again for this time to speak with them. I pray that you will encourage them right now. I pray that you will work in their hearts of their students and they're in their own hearts and lives as well. Give them fresh eyes to see their students the way you see them. Help them to take opportunities to speak to their hearts. Help them to seek your wisdom and just give them the right words just when they need them. Guide them in your truth. In your name I pray, amen. I hope you'll join us next week. We're going to be talking about two sister traits that can have a deep impact on your students, and that is being humble and genuine. If you've been enjoying this podcast, you could greatly help us out by sharing it with a friend. Simply tell them about it. They can um, find it on iTunes or Stitcher or at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast. Another way you can help spread the word is simply by leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. This helps the podcast rank higher, makes it easier for people to find it. If you'd like any of the notes or links from this episode, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash season three. Hope you have a great week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.